are listening to the Twin Cities Apologetics Podcast, recorded from the studio of OAC Technology, who provides helpful IT support for businesses. This podcast equips followers of Jesus with apologetics resources to strengthen their faith and build them up as ambassadors for Christ. We hope you enjoy the show. Welcome to the Twin Cities Apologetics Podcast. Uh, my name is Jeremy Lin, your host, and I'm here with Dylan Kazumi. We already met uh, for segment one of this podcast, where we talked about productivity, mm-hmm. how to be productive with our time, how that relates to apologetics, uh, and steps that we can take to start being more productive in our lives. Before we start in our next statement here, talking about things that people say about time and your responses to them, uh, I want to say that if you want to connect with our group, Twin Cities Apologetics, check out our websites at TwinCitiesApologetics.com. You'll see part one of this podcast on there, and also this one will be posted. So plenty to see uh, on that website. So Dylan, uh, you are uh, someone who is in works for a finance company mm-hmm. and helps people with their money, basically organize it and uh, use it to their fullest yep. potential. Uh, so uh, we also talked about your spiritual background in the first segment, how uh, you basically got to a point where you wanted to pursue what is true mm-hmm. about life and reality and found that Christianity was the, the answer to that. <laughs> Uh, so to speak, and and that apologetics was basically a huge part in uh, you pursuing your relationship with Christ and uh, to where it is today. Yeah, definitely. When I when I first heard that there were actual reasons behind some of the beliefs in Christianity, and that there were very smart people who have spent their entire lives explaining why you're not stupid for being a Christian, I was all on board. <laughs> yeah, perfect. All right, so let's talk about now uh, things that people say about time, which you hear probably a lot just from your experience of working with different people that you work with and being mm-hmm. a leader in the, in the area of finance. And I just want to see how you would respond uh, sure. to people saying these things. Uh, this first one, I am someone who is prone to say <laughs> it, so I'm really interested to hear <laughs> what you have to say about it. Uh, the first one is, I never seem to have enough time. Mm. So you hear this from people who say, I'm really busy. I just don't feel like I I have time to do these things. Uh, And people can label those types of statements as excuses. But still, you hear it all the time from people and probably from my mind, (laughs) uh, just thinking about if there's all these things going on, I just feel like I never have the time for it, however I would define that. So how would you respond to someone making that kind of a statement? I don't have enough time. Yeah. First thing I would say is I get it, right? I really get it. But honestly, if you follow the three things that I outlined in the last podcast, and again, those were you have to get rid of the word feel from your vocabulary. You need to stop playing so much. and You need to learn how to rest properly. Mm-hmm. If you follow those three things, you probably won't be having this problem very often at all mm-hmm. of feeling like you don't have enough time. Mm-hmm. Usually when I find myself feeling that I don't have enough time, it's because I've lost some perspective and I've let the minor things become the major things, Mm -hmm. to borrow a popular phrase. So honestly, and I waste time, I'll admit that. I'm the commissioner of a dynasty fantasy football league, (laughs) which sounds really nerdy, and it is. And we had our draft last week. So I had to spend Uh a lot of time preparing for that because I'm the commissioner, Mm -hmm. right? And I could feel the tension 
because as I was preparing for it, some other things maybe had to get pushed to the side a little bit and there was a little bit of a time crunch and my productivity was affected. But that's a perfect example of letting something minor become something major. So that's, that's what you really have to watch out for. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so that, that kind of leads into our next question or a statement that someone can make uh, and wanting to hear your response on that is basically how to prioritize things. So someone says, what's in the Twin Cities here? We have a lot going on socially. There's one guy I know who goes to like six, seven events per week, <laughs> which it just says like there's so much to do out here and to be involved in groups yeah. to be involved in. So someone might look at that and say like there's all this stuff I want to do uh, to to be involved in, but I don't know how to prioritize one thing over another. For me, it might be I don't know how to prioritize spending time with one group of friends over over another, mm -hmm. uh, and then and then over doing something else with my life. So what would you say to someone struggling with that process of priority and what to put priority on? Yeah, well, I'll say definitely, first of all, when you're talking with people, it's hard to be as, as ruthless or as cold as we've been talking about with time. Mm -hmm. So that needs to be treated delicately. But sure. in a more broad sense, um, my mentor in college shared this little tidbit of wisdom with me that it's profoundly impacted the way I look at every area of my life. Mm -hmm. And he said, never choose good things over great things. Hmm. Meaning if you have two options and they're both good, right? But one is clearly a great thing, always choose the great thing. Mm -hmm. And what that looks like is different for everyone, right? right. You right. have to take a step back and sort of objectively evaluate what are the merits of these two options. Mm -hmm. And again, when you're dealing with people, it's different, right? But we're not talking about relationships necessarily. We're talking about opportunities you can pursue, mm -hmm. right? Uh, so some questions that I usually ask myself if I'm stuck between some options and none of them are bad options, right? I'll usually ask, will I be able to contribute in a unique way? Is there a need that I'll be filling? Who's going to be impacted? How long is that impact going to last? What do I have to sacrifice if I choose this? Will I be positively changed? Mm -hmm. right? you, have to, you have to take a look at what is the outcome going to be. And then when you do that, it really becomes clear the good starts to separate from the great. But again, if you choose something that's good, it's not going to harm you, right? right? And that's where a lot of people get stuck is we have so many good options, be they ministry options, education, work options, that there's a paralysis of analysis. But you have to, if you want to be effective and productive, you have to start whittling away some of the good in favor of the great. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that reminds me of something that my, uh, a mentor that I have said recently, and I was talking about this concept of priority and I'm, I'm struggling with what to prioritize. Um, and he asked me or talked about that one option I have is to, let's say, give up this apologetics group and doing this podcast and things for the group. And he said, like, what do you think about that? And I said, well, I, I wouldn't do that. <laughs> I, wouldn't, I wouldn't want that. And he's like, well, then then that's that's the reality. Like, this is something very important to you. This is a great thing in your life. And uh, if that's the case, then maybe that needs to stay put and some of the other things need to be adjusted. Mm -hmm. uh, the things that are very good things, but not something that really motivates you to the extent that you just want to continue pushing forward with it. Yeah. And I, I was that kid in high school. I had a goal. I wanted to be in as many yearbook pictures as possible, <laughs> which meant I was in as many clubs as possible. Mm -hmm. Right. And when I look back on it, it was very, very clear. 
obviously none of the groups were getting my full attention or my full effort. Mm -hmm. And there were ones that if pushed, I would have easily eliminated because they weren't great things. They were just good things or mm -hmm. maybe neutral things, right? Right. Um, and I, when I got to college, I decided I didn't want my life to look like that. I wanted to find some things that were really worth investing my time in. Mm -hmm. So on that topic, this thing that you're talking about of separating the great from the good implies some sort of value judgment mm -hmm. on something that we're involved in. Um, so how would you say we should go about that process? Like, how do we know if something is great compared to good with, with all this stuff out there? Yeah, so this is gonna be a little more subjective, yeah, right? Your fine. definition of great is gonna be different than my definition of great. Mm -hmm. And I shared a couple of the criteria I usually use for myself, yeah. but it has to ultimately come down to a gut decision, right? Like you were saying, Ask yourself, if I gave up this area, like your apologetics group, if I gave this up, how would my life be impacted? And your response was, I, I can't do that. Why would <laughs> yeah. I possibly do that? Right. Well, that's probably a great thing in your life. Mm -hmm. And that's probably, that can be applicable to even relational things like marriage. Something like that could almost be applied to that, right? Or I suppose. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's like, if, if I gave up this thing, or in this case, this person, uh -huh. then I... I I wouldn't want to even do that. So maybe that's an indication that sure. you would want to continue to pursue that relationship. Definitely. So, I, and that applies to things in our lives that we're involved in. It's like, okay, you know, let's consider the options: continuing forward in this or stopping. Mm -hmm. Well, if stopping is not even something an option in your mind, well, maybe that's a sign that you should continue forward in in doing that thing. Yeah, and sometimes time will make it a little easier to determine. Like you, you mentioned relationships. Honestly, just uh -huh. this week, I was talking to my wife about, I, I was thinking recently about some girls I've dated in the past, and I was just looking at what their lives look like now. And every single one, I thought, dodged a bullet there. Glad that didn't work out. Wow, things are way better now with my wife, uh -huh. right? And so it became very, very clear what was great and what was good. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, that, that's really, really good, good stuff to be thinking through. Uh, difficult for sure, yeah. <laughs> I, I'd say to make those value judgments but necessary when it comes to this aspect of time because we only have limited time, right? Mm -hmm. It's limited resource. So uh, how are we spending that time? Is it for things that, that glorify God or things, as, as we're putting it, that are great things? So yeah, very good. All right, the last one is uh, something that I've heard said a lot, especially being involved in different things in college, like ministry, stuff like that. Uh, someone who says, hey, I'm, I'm totally burned out right mm -hmm. now in my life and everything going on. I, I just can't handle it. So this is someone uh, you're talking to who is at that point already yeah. where they've, they've just been overwhelmed. What would you say to someone like that who's in that kind of position? I know it's a hard yeah. kind of thing to respond to, and it's, it is case by case, but what are some general principles that you would relay to a person sure. like that? Well, in my, in my training, I hear that phrase a lot, mm -hmm. right? Um, but honestly, I would say turn off your screens, go outside and just sit and spend a couple of minutes listening to what's around you, focusing on your breath and remind yourself, you're not the most important person in the universe. The world is not gonna stop spinning because you are taking a break. Now I say this a little tongue in cheek, mm -hmm. right? But usually burnout happens because we lose perspective. Mm -hmm. We start to believe that we are much more important than we actually are. Mm -hmm. I remember I felt burnout in some of my early years in college ministry, and that's because I had this idea, this notion that if Dylan Cosme didn't do something, it didn't get done. Mm -hmm. That's not true, 
Right, but I believed it. And so I acted based on that belief. Mm -hmm. And so we have to re, uh, reorient, reorient yeah. the way that we're viewing these things. Mm -hmm. um, usually, you know, you might be thinking, I can't afford to take time off because nothing will get done. I can't delegate because no one else knows what to do. And you start to find your identity in productivity. Mm -hmm. And obviously that's not a good place to be in. The real way to fix that feeling is just going back to the gospel and admitting you can't do everything on your own. And in fact, you need God to step in and make up for the difference. Mm -hmm. So to that person, stop pretending you're more important than you are. Mm. Again, you know, I would be a little more gentle. <laughs> but stop pretending that and understand that you do have limits. Right. And then maybe that's where that spiritual walk comes in of, of being in prayer, spending time for purposes of connecting with God. Mm -hmm. uh, and, and that really puts us in that sort of humble position of, okay, this is not this this world is not all about me yeah this but this ministry let's say is is not all about, all about me whatever it is that you're doing uh that's god is the one in control in our lives in regarding the things that are happening in them mm -hmm. so being in that position of, of humility it seems like would be a, a, a key step to take in that process that you're talking about with someone yeah. burnt out yeah absolutely mm -hmm. yeah very good all right um well, with that said, going through some of these statements and how you would respond to them, uh, what are some resources that people can use uh, to start being productive and, and move that direction? Like, are there certain apps out there which could help or, uh, I don't know, planners, whatever the case might be? Like, what, what could people use uh, to help with this process? Of, yeah, you heard, of me mention, you heard me mention when I was in school, I had a giant planner. You can't see it on the podcast, but my hands are pretty far apart. Uh, each day I had two pages devoted to and everything. And there are unlimited number of tools. If you look up productivity apps, I mean, you'll be looking for days. Mm -hmm. None of that really matters unless you have an idea behind what you need to do. And the most basic thing is having a schedule. When I say schedule, I don't mean day planner. Mm -hmm. I mean having an actual idea of how your time is going to be used. There's this great quote I heard. Uh, most people make some good choices every day but they don't make enough good choices to build momentum. And that goes back to what we said in the last one about that word feel. Mm -hmm. You know, today I feel really productive. I'm gonna get all this stuff done, but tomorrow I'm just gonna drop the ball because I don't feel like working anymore. Mm -hmm. And you can't go anywhere doing that. So mm -hmm. every hour of the day has to be accounted for, otherwise it's gonna slip into a black hole. Hmm. But honestly, sometimes in my schedule, I have a big chunk of time that just says family time. Right, so when I say every hour has to plan, I don't mean, all right, at this hour we're gonna do this, at this hour we're gonna do this, but I have this idea from, let's just say, three to six, it's all gonna be family. I'm not gonna look at any emails, I'm not gonna watch TV, it's just family time. Mm -hmm. Having that idea of what you're doing. The second thing is having a clear vision of what it is you're working towards. So let's say you're planning a church, okay? It's not enough to say, I want a healthy church. Because what does that even mean? Right? What will the congregation look like? How are they gonna impact the community? How are they being transformed by the gospel? You need to have a clear picture of what you're working towards so that you can be as productive as possible. Otherwise, you're gonna be flailing and feel like you're just running in circles, right? A little hamster on a wheel mm -hmm. kind of picture. Or even, you think in a less spiritual example, let's say you wanna hit a, a new one rep max in your bench press, for instance. Mm -hmm. right? Well, you have to make a plan and figure out how to accomplish that. That might mean adjusting your schedule to uh, 
adjusting when you work out, adjusting when you eat, adjusting when you sleep, how well you sleep, the types of things that you eat. You need to have that clear picture versus just saying, I want to be stronger. Because mm -hmm. what does that even mean? Right. You know, so uh, key resources, and I don't care how you do it. I use Google Calendar a lot. I still use my physical day planner. I have a couple apps, but none of that matters if you don't have an idea of how you're gonna use your time and what you're working towards. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's a very good point. So almost almost planning for the planning, yeah. so to speak. Like, why are you doing this? Okay, now let's start the planning process and how are we going to uh, move closer to that end goal mm -hmm. that we have in mind. Yeah, absolutely. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, what do you say, I guess one comment I have to make too on that is once you're in that planning process already, like you have this, this schedule out where the time is accounted for, well, if you have an adjustment to make, let's say you have a new goal, well, if you're in that process already, it's going to be a lot easier to make those adjustments with yep. the time moving this to here, this to here. Uh, so that's just one observation uh, when you were talking that that process is going to be easier once you're in this groove of planning out your schedule. Mm -hmm. I have a spreadsheet on my computer. It's called Dylan's Perfect Week. And I have it. It's very beautiful. It's color coded <laughs> with every major commitment, you know, family work, spiritual life, um, volunteering, all that stuff is put in there. Mm -hmm. And I have it printed off and I look at it every week and I try to make my actual week mirror that as closely as possible. Mm -hmm. Most of the time it doesn't happen, but I have that base to be working off of and I can evaluate how effective I'm being with my time. Mm -hmm. So now you know what to do. Start your Excel spreadsheet <laughs> labeled blank, perfect week. Yep. <laughs> well, that, that's a really like cool tool. And that's kind of like um, a, almost an ideal, uh, kind yep. of a standard to, to want to strive towards. Mm -hmm. It's not like you have to do that, but that's a tool that you can use to kind of ask that question of, okay, what is it that I want to achieve with my time? Exactly. Yeah, yeah, very cool. All right. Uh, what is a, a first step someone can take in this process of this is a big first time. step okay we can we can do big yeah it's fine so this is a technique i learned last year and when i started putting into place it radically changed all of the things related to productivity in my life and so it might be a little offensive it might hurt a little bit okay right so essentially get a piece of paper and divide it into three columns okay across the three columns write waste, spend, and invest. And this only works if you have a really hard, no-nonsense approach with yourself. So you gotta be honest, you gotta be a little introspective here. <laughs> These categories are really distinct. So waste means anything that uses your time, which isn't necessary, isn't productive, or isn't good for you. Mm -hmm. It's fantasy football, right? Mm -hmm. uh, spend means anything that uses time that is productive, is necessary, and is good for you, but doesn't give you more time. Okay. What do you mean by I'll that? get to that. Okay, Don't worry. Good. <laughs> good. And invest is anything you can do that gives you more time. Mm -hmm. So waste is pretty easy. I mentioned I waste time with fantasy football, mm -hmm. uh, social media, maybe some shows on Netflix and whatnot. Yeah. But again, like the waste can be a good thing in in some sense. In some sense, absolutely. Right. But yeah. if we're all honest, we know with our we know when we're wasting our time on right. these things. Yep. Okay. Um, but again, you know, I might be I might be using Facebook to do something productive, like uh, schedule an appointment with a potential client because mm -hmm. we're using Messenger to communicate or whatever. That's not a waste of time. Um, but so that's a little different. Mm -hmm. But again, the waste column is anything that is not necessary, not productive, or not good for you. Mm -hmm. Okay. So in the spend column, 
That's anything that is necessary, is productive, is good for you, but doesn't give you more time. Mm -hmm. And this is a really hard concept when, you're, when you first hear it. Mm -hmm. So think of it this way, uh, time with my family, my wife, my son, my spiritual life, chores around the house, balancing the checkbook, sleep, things that are restorative to me, making a schedule, uh, work for most people. Those are all things that are in this spend column because they're good, they're necessary, they're productive, but they don't give me more time. Okay, and I, I will want to touch on that uh, with family. Everyone sitting in the living room watching TV is not a spend of time. I would call that a waste of time. <laughs> you know, everyone going for a walk or a bike ride, we like to do that. Playing a board game, that's spending time with your family. Okay. So now the invest column, and I know you're just itching to hear, what does this mean? <laughs> right? These are things you do that create more time. Right away you're thinking, Dylan, how do I create more time? Yeah, I want more of that, <laughs> please. So. <laughs> We all have time as an equalizer, mm -hmm. but if it ever seemed like some people have more time than you, it's because they probably do. So the question is, how do I get that? Right? Yeah. There are only two things that actually legitimately go into this column. The first is exercise, mm -hmm. and the second is anything that separates the time-money relationship. Okay? Exercise is a time investment because having a healthy body gives you a longer lifespan and a higher quality of life. Right. Both of those are important for productivity. Yeah. If I don't do a single stretch, rep, whatever, if I've never exercised in my entire life, I am not gonna be as productive as the person who does. Mm -hmm. So I literally will be creating more time mm -hmm. in the long run. Yeah, interesting, yeah. And then the second one, separating the time-money relationship. This can encompass a lot of things. So a big reason most people feel like they don't have enough time is because the most productive hours of their week are spent at one place, work, mm -hmm. right? 40, 50, 60, sometimes more hours are all devoted to this one category of your life. And don't mm -hmm. get me wrong, work is great, work is necessary. Mm -hmm. We should be productive in our work like we said in the last podcast. Mm -hmm. But we've created this connection where a lot of us think the only way to get money is to exchange time. Right. And that's not a winning formula because there's a lot of ways to get money, not very many ways to get time. Mm -hmm. So if you want to be able to create more time in order to support your family and your church, you need, uh, you need to figure out how to get the money without necessarily sacrificing your time. Mm -hmm. So breaking that connection comes in a couple ways. Most obvious is starting a business. And you think, well, Dylan, that sounds like it takes a lot of time, <laughs> right? In the beginning, yes, absolutely. But you think of uh, anyone who has actually grown a successful business now they don't have to give their time to get money. That's what they hire employees for. The employees give their time and the business owner can have the money, mm -hmm. right? And you know, we don't have to get into political about it, whether right. it's good or bad or whatnot, but you can see they broke that time money connection. Mm -hmm. They no longer give their time. Another example maybe people are a little more familiar with is the idea of royalties. So if I create a work like a play, a movie, maybe a song or a book, I do that upfront. Anytime someone buys it, I get a residual check. Mm -hmm. Now I am getting money without giving time. I broke that connection. Mm -hmm. And another way is through wise financial investments. Uh, you make sound investments and over time you learn to live off of the growth of those investments. Again, you don't have to trade your time in for the money. Mm -hmm. is that, hopefully that's starting to make sense because it is a new concept for a lot of people. Mm -hmm. And from a Christian perspective, this is really, really important. Because if you don't have to devote 40, 50, or 60 hours a week to making sure your family's taken care of, you've gained a substantial amount of time for kingdom work. Okay, imagine how much of an impact you could have 
if you could devote literally 30 hours a week to your church for whatever causes, whatever missions they're doing, and not need a paycheck from the church. Mm -hmm. Just think about that. How helpful would that be not only for the church itself, for the, the current staff, you know, lift, lifting the burden off of them, but also the people that you're impacting. Mm -hmm. That is substantial. If, if 10 people at your church, for instance, could volunteer that much time every week, how much more could get done? How much more effective could the church be in reaching the community? Sure. Quite a yeah, bit, right? Quite, yeah, quite, yeah, a lot, yeah. Yeah, and I like to think of it because that's what, that's uh, the vision I have for long term is to get to this point where I've broken the connection and I can spend the most productive hours of my week doing kingdom work. Mm -hmm. You know, that's one of the, that's the vision I have for my productivity. But again, you know, work is necessary and great. I'm not telling you don't work. Mm -hmm. I'm telling you find ways to free yourself from the time money connection so that you can make your work uh, be things that truly matter, mm -hmm. doing great things versus good things. Right. So on that topic, let's say someone is in a full-time position and they're like, well, I'm not in a, a, in a position where I have an idea to start a new business uh, or you know, to do things that kind of break that, that money time uh, connection. Uh, what would you say to, to that person? Like what is a step that at least that you can take even in this full-time type of situation mm -hmm. uh, to kind of move along that track, that path. The most basic step is to prepare for retirement. And I'm not saying this as a solicitation or a sales pitch by any mm -hmm. means, but here's what I mean by that. Sure. Most people think of retirement as going golfing every day, fishing every day, sitting on the rocking chair, traveling, just having a big party, right? I don't think of it that way. Mm -hmm. I think of retirement as phase two of your life, where now, if you've made the right decisions, you have broken that time money connection because you should have your savings, a pension, maybe social security, you don't have to trade your time for money anymore. Mm -hmm. Now you're free to actually pursue all of those things. So if you're in a situation, you can't start a business, you can't create uh, a work of art that generates royalty, whatever, or anything, prepare for phase two of your life. Mm -hmm. Because in phase two, and this is something John Piper really talks about a lot, how effective can a 60 year old who is financially independent, they can live off of their savings, how effective can they be for the gospel when they can devote 100% of their time mm -hmm. to the mission. Yeah. Yeah, well, thanks for sharing your, your thoughts on that. And I think that's a challenging thing for, for me to think through, uh, being someone who is in a, in a full-time position and also doing ministry. I mean, it would be great if I had, like you said, 30 hours during the week to, to spend work, uh, on this apologetics group and, mm -hmm. and engaging in ministry. Um, and it, it is a challenge for me to, to think about how, how that might, might happen, at least at this point in my life. But that, that's, it's okay to be in that place. Mm -hmm. uh, it's not a bad thing, like you said, to work, to be in a full-time job. It's just that these are things to consider for someone who wants to uh, open up their time for things that, like we talked about earlier, are great things, are things for the kingdom of God and, and expanding it and leading more people to, to Jesus in, in a relationship with him. Mm -hmm. That's ultimately the things that we're talking about. That's ultimately what it, it is leading towards for us Christians. Yeah, and I think, uh, uh, you know, when we get to the end of the story, when uh, Christ reappears, mm -hmm. right? We're talking to a Christian audience now. Yeah. Uh, we have to give an account for how we used our time. Mm -hmm. And I do not want to be the person who is there at the right hand of God saying, thank you for this gift of life. I did not use it wisely. Mm -hmm. Yes. Yeah, that, that's in line with things that Jesus said in, in his parables. So totally, totally connecting with you there. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 
All right, well, I think we'll just uh, end it at, at that. Uh, thank you, Dylan, for coming in and giving your thoughts on this important topic of uh, productivity and how to use our time. It's one that is challenging for me as a topic, and I'm sure for a lot of other people. And if, we know that because you hear the comments that we talked about right. all the time as you go out and, and talk to people about what's going on during the summer. That tends to be a time where people say these kind of things, that there's a lot going on, that they're busy, mm -hmm. they don't have enough time for things. Absolutely. So I really appreciate you uh, giving your thoughts, and it helps me to think through how to be more productive with my time and hopefully helpful for others who are listening in. Definitely. It was my pleasure. Thank you. Awesome. If you want to see more uh, about Dylan and, and contact him, we'll have a link uh, on this podcast and the YouTube video if you're watching that to uh, get in touch with him if you want to, to learn more about uh, finances or this topic or whatever the case might be. So feel free to check that out. Otherwise, uh, that, that's our time for, <laughs> for this podcast. So thanks for tuning in. I'm Jeremy Lin with Dylan Kazumi. And uh, we'll see you next time on uh, our next podcast. All right, thanks. All right.